Hello, Christ Central fam. It's Wednesday, April 29th, and welcome to Christ Central's Tight Five, a podcast for the Christ Central family. It's been said that COVID-19 is an invisible enemy, a villain without a face, an adversary beyond borders. And in this, so to speak, new wartime situation, our frontline troops are not from the military, but from the medical field. And doctors, nurses, medical professionals, a once very desirable vocation, are put in unenviable situations. And as one doctor in New York described it, going to work was like entering a burning building in just your underwear. Their lives are at risk daily, not by bullets, but by droplets. The responsibilities to once heal and to cure patients are compounded with moral dilemmas on who lives and who dies. Hospitals are maxed at capacity, not only with sick people, but scared people. And COVID-19 has become the invisible enemy, causing a pandemic of panic indiscriminate to age, race, and vocation. Although medical frontline workers face a greater imminent threat, what I've also come to learn is that they're also witnessing real hope at real time. Stories of not only physical recovery, but of spiritual resiliency, bringing out the best of humanity in the worst of times. And my guest today is a medical doctor from Manhattan, And he will share his own perspective in the trenches of COVID-19's Ground Zero. And hopefully his story will be a prescription to help our contagion of fear into faith and hope in the one who is the true author of life. So stay with us. Hello, Christ Central fam, and you are tuning into Tight Five's Interview Week, where we find interesting people who are willing to share their relatable stories in quarantine. And my guest today is a medical resident physician at a major medical facility in Manhattan. He's also been my personal correspondent during the COVID-19 crisis, but perhaps most importantly, he is a low-key professional European travel tour guide (laughs) and my absolute favorite travel buddy. So please welcome Dr. Edwin. Welcome to the show. How have you been, my friend? I've been good. Thanks so much for having me. Um, It's my first time doing anything like this, so um, I'm pretty stoked. (laughs) Well, it's my first time too, so uh, we're just kind of taking this rodeo together. I'm curious, um, have you seen any of those thank you frontline worker parades in New York City yet? Oh, are there parades now? <laughs> I don't know, but there's like people honking their horns and like flashing. Oh, their yeah. Lights. Yeah, actually, um, it's it's so cool and um, so encouraging. Every day at 7 p.m., um, like literally every day since uh, this whole thing started, like everyone just like cheers and honks their horn and, you know, bangs on their pots. Um, and it's, I got to say, like, it, it definitely makes a difference. 
in the beginning of April, New York was known to be the epicenter of the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm curious, as a doctor working in New York, what was it actually like on street level when the virus broke out? Do you remember where you were, um, what you were experiencing? What was it like for you? There are many different phases, I would say. The feeling of it completely changed um, rapidly as um, the virus kind of progressed. So in the beginning, I think, you know, most people were skeptical uh, that, that, and you know, we, I think we started hearing reports of like this virus in uh, Wuhan in like December. Um, and as, you know, hearing reports of that, it, I don't think it alarmed us. And I think most people um, thought that it would just die out. Uh, a lot of people doubted the severity of the virus, including myself. Uh, when it started hitting New York, as soon as we started getting our first few cases to the point where like it really broke out, the time was really short. So I think in the beginning of the breakout, we were really unprepared. <laughs> in the beginning, we only had surgical masks on and it was kind of a little bit discomforting because I think deep down inside, like we all knew that it wasn't adequate, but because everyone above us was like, oh, this is all you need at this point. Like, and I think everyone did know that we just didn't have enough PPE, which is why they're lowering the requirement of what you need. There was nothing we, we could really do about it. So we were seeing uh, patients with uh, limited PPE. And uh, that resulted in a lot of uh, healthcare workers getting infected, including myself. <laughs> well, you got you got infected. What was your experience like having COVID-19? Thankfully, I had it very early on. Um, and what happened was I actually got it through friendly fire because <laughs> Uh, we, you know, it was a two week block. The first week we were all fine. No one was like showing symptoms. And then all of a sudden, one of my resident, uh, one of my co-residents called out sick. And then we all looked at each other and we we're like, no, because we've been around this person for um, the entire week. And, uh, and then a couple of days, he like messaged our group chat and showed his like COVID positive test. <laughs> And his, yeah, and his initial reaction was that he was like really like apologetic, you know, but then we we're like, dude, come on, like you had you were showing no symptoms. Um, and then and then so after that week, like we we're still all good. And then the rotation ended. And then um, when I checked the schedule the next week, everyone had called out. So we, there was basically like an entire group of us on that night float shift in that room. And we all we all developed symptoms at the same time and called out. You know, the crazy thing about this thing is like everyone uh, presents very differently. So uh, I actually didn't have a fever at first. I just all of a sudden I felt like these the worst chills and um, like body aches all over. And then I actually developed like cough and shortness of breath toward the end of the illness, um, as well as um, loss of smell, which I still really uh, have a limitation in what I can smell, which is so bizarre. Medical professionals are like universally known to have the craziest stories. Um, and so without like breaking any confidentiality code, what was like the wildest thing you experienced in the hospital like recently during the pandemic? No, oh, there's there's really so much. A couple of stories that really um, resonate. 
I was back working in the emergency department and initially it's like quite a different environment in there because literally the entire room is COVID positive. Like pretty much um, our hospital stopped taking any non-COVID patients. So literally the entire hospital is um, COVID patients and a pregnant uh, 30-year-old, which really, uh, that was the most terrifying case because um, she, you know, she came in and she was like totally breathing okay. She's like, oh, you know, I just have been feeling like a little tired and like short of breath. Um, and then all of a sudden, like her oxygen just starts plummeting. Um, and, you know, we're so we're so scared and we're so nervous for her because she has a baby as well. She's like 20, like six weeks pregnant. Um, she ended up um, being intubated. And that was just such a terrifying situation because I had to, you know, call her husband. And, you know, for us, it's it's our responsibility to explain the risks. Um, most people who are intubated, the mor- mortality, the, the chance of death is pretty high. It's like, man, it was crazy. You know, you, you consult the uh, OB-GYN doctors and they come in and they're like, all right, um, so if if she gets intubated, we might have to deliver the baby and uh, do an emergency section. And, you know, if she passes away, we're still going to deliver the baby. So make sure you have um, an emergency C-section kit by the bedside. And we were just like, oh, my goodness, like, this is crazy. You know, one, another one that really uh, was impactful to me was um, this 92-year-old who came in um, short of breath and, um, you know, she she was actually, like, really, like, well-appearing and, like, you know, she she was just um, on a little bit of oxygen, um, but otherwise feeling fine. Um, And I was talking to her and um, we we always have to clarify... um, the whole DNR DNI situation, like whether or not you want to be intubated um, if you start crashing, um, and she was like, "No, um, um, I don't want to be DNR DNI." And she was like, um, "You know, if God thinks this is my time, um, then I'm ready to go." And that really, um, that really uh, impacted me for, first off the bat because um, she was Christian. Um, and she kind of had that faith um, and that peace that even um, at 92 and like in this like pandemic, she really had confidence kind of um, that that she lived her life to the fullest and that she has um, a lot to look forward to after this time. Um, and that really struck me um, because w- one of the most striking things about all these patients is I've never seen so much pure fear in people's eyes like ever in my life and like these people come in short of breath and a lot of them are just like perfectly like okay and healthy and young but they're they're just shaking in fear and anxiety that they're gonna die um and i've i've never seen that level of like like anxiety and fear um ever in my life um as a whole Um, and she was very at peace. Um, and and then, um, you know, she was like, she was like a little cranky. <laughs> like, she was like, all right, I haven't had anything to eat, you know? So, um, 
so can you get me some food? And I, you know, it was like 3 a.m. at night and everything's locked down, so everything's closed. And I don't know why, but our hospital doesn't have a cafeteria that's open overnight. There was, there was like no food in the hospital. Like literally, you could not get anything to eat at like 3 a.m. So um, I was like, I was really torn because I was like, in my heart, I was like, man, this this might be like the last meal before she gets intubated. So I better make oh, it yeah. good, right? <laughs> so I put, I put, I had that pressure on myself and I was so pissed because like literally all I could find was like this peanut butter and jelly, like these peanut butter jelly sandwiches and like some hummus and apples, you know? So like I take this peanut butter and jelly sandwich and hummus and apples like to her. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like this is all I can find. Um, and uh, she was like, I don't want it. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> I, like the one job I had to like prepare her like last meal, like she rejected it, you know? <laughs> she's like, but no, nah, she's really nice. She's like, oh, like I'm not that hungry anymore. When I saw her, she was like completely stable um, and she ended up uh, being admitted and uh, passing away the next day. Um, so yeah, I mean, so that, I mean, there were, that was just a lot to soak in because, uh, you know, it was very like, um, inspiring in the sense that she faced death with so much courage. Um, but, um, it was just, um, it was just really sad that, you know, like she was otherwise doing, she was like, a otherwise like, you know, a 90 year old going on like 60, you know, she was like doing really well in life and, uh, it, it was just so sad. I mean, Edwin, I've known you since our days at Hope Church in San Diego, and we've had many conversations about Christianity throughout the different chapters in life. But I do want to ask specifically, how does your Christian faith impact the way you work in such a crazy time of COVID-19? It's so crucial. It's really like, it's like the lifesaver, um, really, because I feel like God's calling for me um, and purpose for me was uh, never more clear um, than I've experienced in this uh, COVID crisis. First of all, like just practically, um, it is such a time of severe anxiety. Um, I kid you not, like we have so many people come to the emergency department because of actual COVID, but um, there really has been a lot of people coming in be from panic attacks. Um, because they've just had so much anxiety and they're like, you know, panic attacks can present with like shortness of breath um, that you would, you could easily confuse with COVID. Um, so like, in, like, like I said, I've never seen so much uh, widespread fear and anxiety. Um, I think just having uh, the peace and um, security knowing that uh, Christ is my savior. Um, I think that that, really changes uh, my outlook and just uh, my anxiety uh, level um, approaching the entire situation, um, especially when it comes to having to um, uh, work with these patients directly and, and expose yourself. Um, I, I mean, even amongst the healthcare workers, it's, it's, it really is um, a real risk uh, to their own health. Um, and a lot of, lot, of, lot of us, including myself, uh, initially were really scared um, and definitely there's some people like there are definitely some nurses I saw on the floor, like um, they're in the high risk bracket 
for the disease. It's like, you should not be in the hospital right now. You should be quarantined. You should be like staying at home. Um, so just having that uh, peace um, was was uh, really uh, uh, helpful to not be paralyzed during this time. I do want to close with um, just kind of one simple question. Um, personally, for me, Edwin, you've been somewhat of a voice of reason in contrast to like the media craze headlines, and you were <laughs> you were able to like sift through the sensationalized articles that might have been hurtful, but you were also able to bring some sobriety to the articles that were real and. Uh, helpful. So I was hoping that you could tell us like maybe one thing that will help some listeners out there to understand the real world of COVID-19 from a Christian doctor perspective. And also how can we practically help ones who do risk their lives every day like yourself? Hmm. Um, so yeah, so the the media is interesting because um, I think generally what it focuses on and what it reports on um, is like you know what's actually happening, uh, but they have tremendous power to emphasize certain aspects and kind of make one view of something um, look like it's the dominating thing that's going on. So that's definitely what I've seen, like um, in this in this uh, crisis. So uh, just because I like I like I go to the hospital every day, and I can always compare it to uh, what I see on TV, um, and I notice things like ultimately, like the news, in my opinion, it's it's still a business as well. So like it always, you know, if you have like um, like boring stories, then no one's gonna watch. And I do notice that uh, the news tends to focus on um, things like juicy stories, like extreme situations. One thing, like like it's it's good for journalistic integrity that they're spreading the word about things that happen. But um, I do think that during this thing, like they definitely contributed to the panic <laughs> more than um, helped. You know, like all like I I know that there's just so many people quarantined right now, like in fear. Um, just because everything that the news portrays is kind of like the most extreme version of what's going on out there. Like I know in New York, there are a lot of hospitals that are still struggling in kind of our like war zone situations, um, like we see on TV. Uh, but the, there are like uh, very well organized hospitals too. And uh, things are just uh, being um, uh, dealt with in like a very organized uh, fashion. The other thing that I really wanted to um, like point out is that this really has been um, a team effort. You know, a lot of a lot of emphasis has been placed on like healthcare workers and us risking our lives and all this, and you know, like selfishly, like <laughs> like you go to sick leave, like yeah, like it feels good, like oh thanks, you know, like I get to be like a like a superhero like once, you know. But you know, the reality is that. Um, you know, God just 
places us like in certain roles and you know he's like all all jobs are equal and, and glorifying to him um and and that really rings through throughout this crisis like crisis everyone's role is truly important um so many people are contributing in many ways and risking their lives like um especially I, like i don't know if you heard that like there was like this heartbreaking story about like um basically someone who would transport um patients uh, to the hospital um like a cab driver um and or it was like an uber driver or something and then he ended up dying from like covid himself you know um so i just really think that like and there's just so many so much outpouring of support uh like literally like it, everyone all the uh, people that have restaurants in new york like they're having such a hard time because of uh, the economy and everything and, and no clients yet they're sending us like tons of free food and it's it really helps us out because we we do not we don't have time to make food and it's really hard it's actually really hard to uh, get food right now so like in that way like it it's really uh, easing the burden um on us and everyone has just been stepping up in their own individual way uh, no matter what their profession um so this you know rather than kind of like an a healthcare worker like effort this really is just like a human kind um effort like everyone is stepping up with their talents um um whether it's like um uh, making food or like running biostatistics on like how the disease is spreading um all of these things um really are are uh helping this this battle that we have against uh covid so um i wish that could be I, i think it is emphasized but i wish that that would be focused on more because it's just really cool to see everyone a uh, part of the same team there you have it folks if you're listening one practical way to help out our frontline workers is just to simply make them a meal and hopefully they'll take <laughs> peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. i know peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> I, i'm gonna reach out to the hospital administration about that <laughs> like we need some better food emergency food on hand oh poor lady <laughs> well i'm sure she's enjoying jesus's banqueting table absolutely right now. yeah that's awesome edwin you've been such a wonderful guest and a great friend man i'm so glad that you're well you're doing better and um shoot i am praying for you but thanks, thanks for man. thanks for your time I typically ask our guests to close us in prayer. So do you mind closing us in prayer specifically for all the frontline workers? And those aren't only like doctors and medical professionals, but essential workers that really help our society run and to just pray for their safety and resilience as we close our podcast together. Are you okay with that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Uh, Father God, um, we just thank you for, um, even in the midst of uh, panic and disaster, Father, uh, you still provide and you give us the means to overcome this challenge, Father. Um, we thank you for the ingenuity and uh, the uh, motivation that you instill in humankind to overcome uh, challenges um, and um, that you provide us ways to connect, even um, despite uh, social distancing, Lord, you bring us uh, closer through um, uh, the internet, uh, Zoom, um, and uh, 
And oftentimes, though we're physically apart, Lord, you allow us to uh, feel closer than we uh, would have in the past. Um, so we thank you for all those provisions, Lord. And um, we thank you for uh, the diversity of occupations, skills, and talents that uh, you've given us, Lord, to um, really function um, as a society um, that that uh, we are diverse and, and, and we can fill in uh, different worlds to, or different roles to um, function as a um, cohesive unit. Um, we just thank you for all that. And Lord, in, in this uh, situation where uh, uh, some of um, us are uh, first line and, and truly exposed to um, being infected by the virus. I pray that I pray for your protection. Um, I, I pray for uh, your provision with um, supplies to protect us from the virus uh, with PPE. Um, and I just pray uh, really for protection for um, these people's families, Lord, that um, even in the setting of uh, COVID infection, Lord, that you would protect their fa uh, uh, prevent them from spreading uh, disease, to, disease to their family. Um, Lord, I thank you uh, for uh, my uh, brother in uh, and all the pastoral staff um, at his church that uh, they're able to uh, minister to the congregation, uh, even in the midst of this pandemic and really use their gifts to think of creative ways to connect um, to fellowship um, and to serve you. Um, Lord, we pay, pray for peace during this time. Um, we pray for uh, uh, the tremendous financial need at this moment, Lord, that you would provide uh, um, um, for, for us uh, financially, Father. Um, and uh, we just ask that uh, you protect us um, and we pray that <laughs> this will all end soon. <laughs> uh, we thank you for your grace. We love you in Jesus' name. And thank you for listening to Christ Central's Type 5. And to Dr. Edwin, who's entering metaphorical burning buildings in his underwear every day. Thanks for your time, your insights, and your work out there. And much prayers. Until next time. Be safe, be well, and Godspeed.